Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kia ora, everyone. Welcome back to the second to last podcast that you're going to have with Liv. The second to last culture vulture, I yes. should say. You have something special coming at some point. You do, something that will be released probably after I actually leave this place. Yeah. But it is my second to last episode, which is very sad. I know, it's going to be weird. And next week we're actually going to introduce you to the new host of Culture Vulture, which is very exciting and happy. So Yeah, and you kind of already know her if you read the, if you read the newsletter, but... We will leave her to be announced next week. We'll let the mystery kind of stay in the air. We'll let the mystery hang around for a little bit. Um, Liv, what describes your week? What describes my week, Lucy? I've already sort of talked to you about it off mic, but is sport. I played so much sport this weekend for someone that hasn't done that in a long time. I ended up playing like a game of, you know, when you're kind of not forced into playing sport in a social situation but you feel the pressure to do so and you don't know how to play and it's really really uncomfortable because like everyone else is really good and then you're like what the fuck is going on and then I don't get the rules I don't get the rules so I had to play a game of touch rugby and that was kind of hilarious for me but it was good to get out of the comfort zone played some tennis did some boogie boarding it's a very active weekend um which was fun but what about you um well mine's actually the final countdown which oh. we kind of have already alluded to, only in terms of, like, we're just into... I feel like we've been saying it since the start of the year. We've oh, just yeah. been having hectic, hectic work shit, but now we're, like, in the final no, it really, two weeks. It really does feel like the final countdown right now. Like, Liv is leaving the company and Auckland next Friday. Yeah, so I've got nine days, like, including today, left of work, which feels so so wild I mean it's been coming for quite a long time like I made this decision about a year ago so it just feels pretty unreal that it's coming around but then you know when you're making big life changes and there's just so many admin things that you have to sort out that it kind of takes away from the sadness of leaving your life and everything that you've kind of built which I think will definitely hit me at some point in the next couple of weeks or maybe on the flight whatever yeah it's gonna be fucking sad but it's just like right now I need to fucking sell my bed I need to sell my drawers like all of that sort of shit I was gonna say in terms of like on, in terms of the work stuff, we're quite prepared. Like, yeah, we are. You told us a year yeah. ago, we found people to fill, like, to be fair, three people to fill the gaps of what Liv does day to day. But it still is like, I just feel like we're on a ticking time bomb. Every conversation is something about, like, every conversation we have with anyone with ever. anyone, any... Since the start of the year. Yeah, any drink we have with anyone, any no. brunch we have with anyone, it is just... How are you feeling? And also Ruby is leaving on yeah. the same day as me. She's not leaving the company, but she's moving to Sydney, which is super exciting for her. But also she's going through all of the same shit. So, yeah, so it's, like it's been a lot. Final countdown of 
you working of us no longer having to have that chat every day with everyone. Literally. Yeah. But it's it, it's been it's been a great start to the year, albeit hectic. It has been it's been kind of the best way to leave, I yeah. think. Busy and feeling like what you're doing is meaningful yeah. because it's not like I'm just trying to fill my time, you yeah. know, like I've got so much shit to do, which is kind of fun because it makes everything go fast. Hell yeah. We haven't even told you what we're talking about today. We're kind of begrudgingly talking about the Grammys. Like, to full transparency, we did an episode last year about the fucked up history of the Grammys, which was interesting because we were actually talking about, like, how we don't know shit about the Recording Academy and, like, you have to have won a Grammy to be able to vote for who wins a Grammy and, and a lot of history in that podcast. And we've just had a long weekend. Both of us yeah. have been really busy. And when it got to, like, this morning... Literally this morning, a few hours before recording this, we were like, what do we want to talk about today? Which is pretty unheard for Culture Vulture. We're usually quite prepared. Oh, hell yeah. We're usually like Friday, the, you know, we have the weekend to at least think about it. And then the Grammys happened. And to be honest, not that eventful. Not that eventful. But a little bit to unpack. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, as Lucy said, the episode that we did beforehand was kind of like the deeper rooted systemic shit that comes with the Grammys. Today is more of like a fun rundown of just like the highs and lows, all of the shit that happened. So that'll be fun. But first, Lucy, do you have a naughty or nice for us? I do have a naughty or nice. Um, I wanted to do an episode about this, but it just, luckily we didn't because Netflix have backtracked on what they actually said um, and it just felt like a, maybe a little too businessy for Culture Vulture but I want to talk about Netflix just really quickly because they have been just real stupid like as of late. They first of all have been getting rid of like a lot of their great shows so people are already feeling a type of way about Netflix. Also huge competition right? Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus. Also they were like losing a shitload of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like losing subscribers and like they just had competition for the first time ever and they weren't really holding up. So they decided that the way to make back this money was um, to make sure that everyone has their own account and you weren't allowed to share passwords. So about a week ago they were like, no no more password sharing. Um, you have to log on to your Wi-Fi at home from your device every 30 days or you lose your account. Oh, shit. So it wasn't so much even like having multiple accounts under one Wi-Fi. It was like if you travel for work, if you go to uni, if you're out of the country for two months and you can't log on to your home Wi-Fi, you lose your account. But kind of how hilarious is that? Because the the design function of having different accounts on Netflix, like that shows you that you should... It was planned. Yeah, that like people knew that they'd be sharing passwords and getting family members on it and whatever. Whereas this, I guess that could be for like actual families staying at home and like everyone having their own sort of setup, but... You'd know when you were designing that that that's what people were going to do. Oh, and 100% it would have been, it was their, like, selling point at the start. Yeah. And they ran, like, an ad campaign that was, like, love is sharing your Netflix password. Like, they used to really encourage it. And then so about a week ago they said that they were going to, you weren't allowed to share passwords anymore and you had to log into your home Wi-Fi, like, once a month or you're going to lose your account. And everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, you are cutting so many people out. Like, so many people were out of your business by doing this. And it's just not a good look. No. And it's like, you shouldn't be having to log in and prove that you pay for something you pay for. Like, it's like Netflix is punishing you, being like, "Mm, you pay for this thing, but you have to log in on your home Wi-Fi once a month. 
so that you can keep paying. We're, yeah, like we're just going to keep an eye on you and yeah. like make sure you're doing the right thing. And so anyway, it turns out, which you can believe this in if you want, allegedly, allegedly, Netflix have come out and said that they had released all these new rules by accident. <laughs> so very like my cat ran over my keyboard or like, my friend stole my phone and wrote that. I think it's the funniest thing when businesses come out and do that because it's just like, it's quite obvious. You have so many, like, so many hoops to jump through when you announce things. You know, so many people check shit. Like, even in small businesses that that we work with or even us, you know, going through, you check everything. Like, a business like Netflix on that sort of scale, there's just no way. I, I, I mean... We can only go by what they said. Who am I? Who am I to say that? Never been inside the headquarters. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Like, but of all places, Netflix, it feels like a mistake. Mm -hmm. Like, this wouldn't really happen. But anyway, so apparently these new rules were only meant to apply to Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru. But for a brief time... Like, on their website, the Help Centre article said that it was worldwide. So why so selective? No, well, I guess when you roll out certain things, you've got to test it and so countries true. can't do it all at once. But also, sad for them. Also, that probably means that they will try and do it globally at some point. Or they can see that the react by accidentally releasing it, the reaction was so, so bad. It shows the power of the consumer. Yeah. And especially in a digital age when we can have, like, direct correspondence between these huge companies like back in the day that would have never been able to happen like shit would change and you you could could, say shit about it yeah you could write in a letter but that's basically it and literally like netflix on twitter they follow us i literally (laughs) tweeted them being like hey do you want to talk like the fact that that's how close you can get to them they have like 50 million followers and we're we're one of the people that they follow and i'm like i wonder if they saw some of our tweets because I was like, you are alien- alienating the whole of Gen Z, basically. We all live off our parents' Netflix account. 86% of our audience said they wouldn't fork out for their own account. Yeah, this is one of the examples of when internet discourse is actually helpful. <laughs> one of them. We're going to get to a few <laughs> in the granny chat where we see that internet discourse can actually be more harmful than helpful, perhaps. Um Shockingly but, so. Shockingly so. Not like we talk about this every other week on this podcast. Um, but I so I think that's it's nice for everyone except for Chile, <laughs> like Peru, More and Costa Peru. Region. Honestly, oh god, she lives. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Talk to me about something equally as exciting as Netflix <laughs> fucking around and finding out. Um, we had the Grammys yesterday. We did have the Grammys yesterday, the 2023 Grammys. And <laughs> yeah, it was pretty mild. I it, there was say. no slaps like at the Oscars. No. There was um, one slightly off key performance by one Harry Styles, only at the start. I only noticed it being off key. That's at the definitely start. getting the most media attention. And I didn't watch like the whole Grammys as it unfolded at the time. And so I heard all of. You know, everyone's saying about, oh, my God, like, Harry Styles, he was so off-key. And then, like, you go on the video and it's like, yeah, he's slightly, like, 
he is pitchy, like at the first like two notes, but then but it's, it's not fine. like the Selena Gomez. Um, no, you cannot compare that to Selena Gomez. Like, like, she is actually not a good singer. No, she sang "Lose You to Love Me" for anyone that's wondering what me and Love are talking about, and it was just to be fair. She said she had really bad anxiety, and it was her first performance in a long time, and like I believe that. But it's been removed from YouTube, the original one, and like repitched and then put back on YouTube so you can only really hear a good version of it. The world we live in. The hey? world we live in. The power of celebrity. Just... Do you remember this happened to Justin Bieber as well? He did yes. this Alan Show performance that was like real bad. I think it was Alan Show or like yeah, Alan Show. He, he did not sound good. And, and we was... watched it. We got gaslit. No, we did because there's two different versions on YouTube, but like you can't really tell which one you're clicking on until you hear it. And there's one where he actually just does not sound that good. And, and then there's one where he's pretty much pitch perfect. Yeah. And me and Liv were trying to show, we listened yeah. to it, and then we were trying to show someone, like, oh, like, Justin had a bit of a pitchy performance or something, like when we were at high school. We went on it, we are like, hey, this is actually hey, this good. Is perfect. So we got gaslit, but then we realised there was two different. But then it just makes you so sceptical of these live performances. <laughs> I like, know, because, so I saw this, I saw the Harry performance and I thought only, um, it really felt like he struggled to hit, to find the first It was the first note. note. And Liv and I, not to make it about us, <laughs> But we we have a band at work. Obviously, you guys have heard us talk about <laughs> yeah, this band. band. Don't like, know if you've heard a million times. We performed as it was with our band at the Christmas party, and Liv was like to me this morning. We were talking about this. She was like, "To be fair, it's a really hard note to find when you only have the music." And so we gave it to Todd, our male lead singer. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I just had this blatant memory of us going into band rehearsal yes. and trying to sing as it was for the first time. I think it was just too low for both of us. Yeah. But, like, some songs. It's just <laughs> some songs are hard. Too Remember much we, grace. Used, we used to sing um, Young and Beautiful by Lana Del Rey. Yeah. And we used to struggle to find the starting note to Genuinely, like some songs. Well, I just always feel so bad for some of these performers. I remember Adele had a few moments. Oh, yeah. Do you remember, yeah. like, it was quite she a few years ago one. and she restarted it, like, twice or something. And it's like, if you can't hear the music on the yes. stage, like, if you have nothing... Because if you've taken your inner ear out, oh, yeah. it's not working. Because you can't hear the music like the audience can hear the no. music. Like. If there's no speakers facing towards you no. and they're not working for some whatever reason, it's, like, it's so hard. hard. Like, Liv and I will try to harmonise when we're recording, yeah. when we're practising with our band. And if the if the fucking speaker's not facing us, how are you supposed it's to know? Brutal. You have to feel it. Yeah, it is. Um. So anyway, and I will say, so I saw one performance that he did that was on YouTube of it. And then I saw one on TikTok from someone that was actually in the room. Okay. And to his credit, it sounded better, like, in the room, like, then, from the TikToks I could see than the, like, professional. I feel like the professional ones are pretty unforgiving sometimes if they haven't then gone yeah. in and auto-tuned the shit out of it. And he, like, I don't know if you watched it, but he, like, slipped down. No, I did watch yeah, it. And he kind of slipped like, down. Slip. And I was oh, like, sorry. it's so bold to be trying to go on oh, a fucking conveyor belt. The whole, it didn't translate. Like, no. that video was quite cool, the music video itself, but it just did no. not translate to on stage. No. Oh, my God, there's a pretty scathing review. I think it was from, it was either from Pitchfork or Vulture. Go on. His exhausted performance of As It Was, <laughs> coming which, out the gate pretty hot, yeah. um, which is kind of fair enough. I was going to say, the man's been on tour for, like, yeah, yes. he'd sung like five times in that 10 days leading up or something. So his exhausted performance of As It Was won't be the thing that convinces the skeptics. And this is kind of talking about how they're not quite sure why he has like 
the title that he does. Um, for an artist who's recently sold out 15 nights of Madison Square Garden, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe his voice was shot from a year of hard touring. Maybe he felt some nerves singing in front of Taylor Swift. But one thing is for sure, neither the performance's Gap commercial choreography nor his silvery mop of an outfit, neither the auxiliary bells dumped into the arrangement nor the spinning stage airlifted right from the video could help him transcend on stage. In a word, it was boring. The very quality that Harry Styles works so hard to convince you that he's not. Mic drop. Mic drop. Um, that borders on mean. Yeah. But like th- when I was watching it, I was like, one, this song is a great listen to song single. It's not one that you should probably be it's choosing to perform. It's not a huge performance song. No. Although Ruby did say that our rendition was the highlight of her year. <laughs> Not to make this about (laughs) us. Um, But no, I always think that, like, it's a pretty, like... It's a pretty chill one. It relies a lot on the kind of disco nature of it. And if that's not really translated through, like, instruments on stage, I feel like, yeah, the whole thing was a pretty lackluster. Yeah, and I feel like what you want at the Grammys is, since it's such a huge room, there's so many random people in their random pockets doing random things, Mm -hmm. you just need someone to get up there and fucking belt a ballad. And yeah. then, like, the people will that appreciate is the you. Shit. Or get, like, Silk Sonic to do something yes. fun like that. That's the shit that translates. But you just, yeah, you have to be super careful because it's a pretty sterile environment. Yes. Yeah. And, like, Taylor Swift, Bless Her Soul, was, the, like, one of the only ones that you could see standing up. Yeah. She did this for a lot of people. She, like, stood up and danced, to, like, all night. Yeah. Like, like she was the hype girl she absolutely was and like there's not a lot of soul you really see at those events it just kind of feels like everyone's there because they kind of have to be there and they have to show face and everyone kind of knows that they're a bit botched and yeah i mean go and listen to our last year's episode if you want to know why maybe the grammy's done (laughs) yeah exactly so while we are on the topic of harry styles so he won album of the year with his album Harry's yeah. House and that wasn't particularly well received especially on TikTok um, but it was mainly because he said this type of shit doesn't happen to people like me or something along those lines which is actually a line that he's said a few times while on stage and a lot of people are really angry because they think it should have gone to Beyonce's renaissance so Beyonce has been snuffed quite a few times at the Grammys for like the main four mm. categories. So that's like best album, best song, best record and best artist. So although she does quite well in the other categories and she actually had the most nominations this year with nine in total, um, she often isn't represented in those big categories where she absolutely should be in terms of records like Lemonade and Renaissance has been really, really outstanding in terms of like the way that it's been received by everyone and people are just kind of sick of it. I mean, there's a lot of systemic shit at play here and a lot of favoritism and the fact that, you know, a young white guy like Harry Styles comes up and wins it when his album is... I mean, it's subjective, isn't it? But a lot. But of people, we don't know who's voting, so it's yeah. so hard. Like what? Yeah, we have no idea who is choosing these albums. No. And like, as huge Harry Styles fans, like, it's not the album of the year. No, it's we not the. To it's so not. many albums this year. It's that absolutely not. Weren't even nominated. That were much better. <laughs> it's not the album of the year at all. Like, and that's and, like fine because he didn't. He didn't 
choose himself to win it. For sure. And he went up and is like, you know, there's no such thing as best in music. Which, again, I think was kind of his way of trying to be like, hey, look, I don't know if like I actually deserve this. But the wording people had issues with and then again saying that, this doesn't happen to people like me. I really wonder where the sentiment comes from in his brain. Because, you know, from the outside perspective, he's a white cisgender male. And to say that is quite a statement when you're up against people like Beyonce and Lizzo, who are black female artists that have a history of total underrepresentation in these award shows. Yeah. And I think it might be a class thing for him. Yeah, like coming from like single motherhood. Single motherhood, like, like yeah, exactly. Like I don't know whether he had a lack of money growing up, but I'm guessing so. Yeah. Or or was it like, you know, he was in this like bubblegum pop boy band mm. um and then he sort of went out on his own and was yeah. like or was it something you say in the moment where you just have to fill this like, you know, if I was up there, who fucking knows what I would have said? But then also, like, the internet loves to take, like, literally take those nine words out of con- context. Even in context, probably shouldn't have said it. But, like, it has been directly interpreted in the worst way humanly possible. Yeah. It's like, just because you said that does not mean that you should, people should be coming for your life. Yeah, or like, you absolutely. Know. I think Harry Styles, I think there'll be a lot of like essays and shit written about oh, him the in years pieces. to come. Absolutely, because he signifies a lot of things in the music industry in terms of our obsession with him, like because he's a straight white male that's doing a lot of the things that like people in the queer community have been doing for fucking decades and decades. But then the fact that he was so wildly successful he couldn't step foot like he couldn't do anything wrong and then you know you get to that point of fame where things kind of tip and the public sentiment towards you starts tipping because they're kind of just sick of you being the it boy successful Successful. and so that's really unfair and then he's used as a scapegoat for all of these sort of systemic issues that are obviously not his individual fault which is something that I actually think I wrote about it in the newsletter today and Mm -hmm. I was like it is like good to use things like this to look at the deeper like if you need Harry Styles to say it doesn't happen to people like me often as your like jumping point to go and look into all the other people that were nominated that should have won or what Beyonce did for the LGBTQ community with Renaissance or like whatever if you need to use that as your learning point that's great you probably don't have to like directly like hate on someone so like and this could just be like a good learning point for him Thinking about the sentiment, oh yeah, I guess in PR, but maybe as a person as well, like thinking about his privilege and whatever. But at the same time, it's like he was on the spot. It's not his fault that he was awarded. No, this, I know. This it's like thing. when Billie Eilish, when Billie Eilish won all those Grammys in one night, yeah. and she got absolutely shat on for yeah. it. And like I forgot to say before, Beyonce still is the most decorated Grammy winner. Of all time. She has 32 Grammys. So it's not like... As of last night. Yeah. But it's those big categories that are really like... The ones that get the mainstream media attention. So it's best for representation, right? You know, always a credit to her that stars will get up like Adele in 2017 and said, hey, this should have actually gone to Beyonce's Lemonade. And then this year, Lizzo, again, pretty much dedicated her speech to Beyonce, which she often does. Yeah, she loves Beyonce. And just like... Seeing that love from the actual musical community is probably 
more affirming than getting, you know, Grammys. Or it's like, well, maybe put them in the voting for... I mean, some of them might be actually people that vote for the Grammys. They might be part of the Academy. We don't know. We don't know. That's the ish. That is the ish. But yeah, I would definitely recommend going and listening to the Grammys podcast that Lucy and I did if you are kind of wanting to get a little bit deeper of an analysis into the system behind this because every year something happens because we live in a society that is unjust and has major issues and then we end up going on hating on individuals because we feel a bit powerless which is you know, fair enough that we feel powerless, but it's like we don't have to take it out on one person yeah, on a scapegoat. Look at the sca- institution. Yeah. But like you were saying before, it's like we have zero access to this institute. Like we have mm. zero way of feeling like you can make any type of difference in like this old ass fucking recording academy. Eh? So yeah. like it fully makes sense why people need someone to direct it to. Yeah. It's just like watching it unfold online makes me sick. Like, honestly, like. Being online can make me sick sometimes. That's why I steer clear. I can't handle it at all. Like, you do really well wading through that and giving people the information that is Like, just trying to be balanced. I feel like that is what... Trying to be balanced online in 2023 is near impossible when you've got all of these opinions coming left, right and centre, a lot of which are pretty uneducated. And trying to come at things, like, without hatred. It's so easy to actually just be like, oh, they said that. Did they mean it with huge hate in their heart? And do they hate all these people that they're saying that they also respect right now? Probably not, if we just put it back in context. Absolutely. Um, One lighter note about Harry Mm -hmm. was, did you see the... um, old woman that yes. gave him the award. It's like Trevor Noah going, I'm going to let you read out the award. And she's like, Harry Styles. Oh, that was her. quite sweet. That was cute. Do you think that would be your reaction if you had to no. read out? No. if you had to read out Maddie Healy. Oh, if I had to read out Maddie Healy. I actually no, think it would be similar I to that. I think I might vomit on stage yeah. if it was Maddie Healy. And if it was Harry, I think. No, yeah. People will probably start hating on me on the internet more than they already do. So Honestly. (laughs) I'll never be in that position. Um, What else have you got to fill us in on, Dar? I mean, there were some lackluster performances. There were also some good performances. The hip-hop tribute to 50 Years of Hip Hop got a lot of online recognition. Bad Bunny was also a crowd favourite opening Mm -hmm. the show, and people were like, could he open the show every year? So that's cool. Quavo um, had a moment to kind of memorialise Takeoff, um, who was one of the Migos that sadly passed away earlier this year. And I guess they do all of, like, they have all of the people on the back of the screen that yeah. have also passed away that year. And I think that was quite like an emotional moment in the show. Um, and then the German pop singer Kim Petrus made history for being the first transgender woman to win the best pop duo performance um, for her collaboration with Sam Smith and their song Unholy. Did you see this performance? Yeah, what I did actually liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it too, but there was a bit of... Um, I saw lots of people being like they were summoning the demon, like which I'm not gonna lie. Be, and like, Sam Smith, be like in his, I kind of love this for Sam Smith because they started off so somber at the start of their career that it's fun for them to come in and do this pop shit. Even though, like personally, I don't like it as much. But in terms watching, of the singing, in terms of like the singing and the music and yeah. whatever, um, this is a bit of a tangent. But, yeah. um, but have you been seeing the amount of hate? that they've been getting for their new look and their new music. And and that's always the case. And it's like, let people explore 
literally Zane Lowe did an interview and was like, you look so different to this past album cover mm. and you can just tell that you're not happy in the past one. And Sam was just like, I was starving. Like I was starving. Starving and being put in that box of yeah. like those black and white photos because that's how marketing teams would hide the fact that they had a bigger body type yeah, and things like that. And it's like now luckily we're kind of getting into a place where yeah. we can celebrate people. Yeah. I think um, it's been hard. I feel yeah. like, especially over the past few weeks, I've been seeing a lot of, like, how oh. bullshit people... I mean, it's fucking online again, oh <laughs> isn't my it? Gosh. It's just like, wouldn't just, it be good if no one could comment? Wouldn't it be good if you just actually kind of lived your own life? Yeah. <laughs> but as we're, as we're saying, as like, we're Netflix saying, yeah, so we're good that we all have a voice. Yeah, fucking uh, we're nothing if hypocritical. not hypocrites. Or maybe just... Trying to be educated hypocrites, at least. Yeah. Like, we get it. Yeah. Anyway, I liked the um, performance of Unholy. Yeah. And then, just like that, was Bonnie Raitt um, took out the best song category. This which is was a bizarre. Real field this is win. bizarre. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing, so, like, again, online, a lot of people being like, Half people being like, who the fuck is this and why did this song win? And then the other half being like, if you don't know who Bonnie Raitt is, like, you need to school yourself. And you blah, shouldn't blah, be blah. watching the Grammys. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, but blah. it's like, it's just weird because it was such a low listens. Like, it's an high. interesting choice. There's not even half a million listens or half a million streams on Spotify of this song, which does not mean that it shouldn't be, no. you know, able to get this award. But she have you seen the video of her accepting no. it? No. She looks absolutely perplexed. Well, like it's just again, would love to see who gets to vote on these. I know. M- maybe it would make sense. I know. But a lot of the media around it was kinda like celebrating it. They yeah. were like, this is this is pretty cool. I mean she's seventy three. Yeah, that's she, dope. she is an icon and it's her eighteenth studio album. Oh. And I think one of the reasons that she might have been the winner was because she was the only solo writer in that category. Oh. So like it was purely her song that's and dope. like it is cool and good for her and good for something different and someone different. Yeah. To be winning stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, those were kind of like the the main points. I mean, also Samara Joy, who is did you watch her performance? It was like really old school jazz, oh, which no, was very very cool to see that yeah. she won that over someone like Omar Apollo, who mm. obviously is huge on TikTok, two very different genres, two very different spaces, and the fact that she was celebrated was quite cool. But do you feel like this is not to do with Samara Joy? Like, because I don't no. know who she is, and I think that's dope that she won. Do you think because it was such a low key Grammys this year, that's also why everyone's just dialed in on the one thing, which was the Harry Styles nine words of pure absolutely because people are always living for moments like the slap like the chris rock will smith slap and you're not going to get that every year so (laughs) we're trying to like get ratings up they're like okay and because like you know there is some fairness to a little bit of the outrage of of, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't come from nowhere no but i just there is something to say and it was such a low-key cremies yeah i mean taylor swift and harry styles had a fist bump that was cool they chatted good for them she hyped everyone up good for her she won a grammy for all too well music video wonderful go her but other than that my only other note is taylor swift was having a really good time (laughs) and they kept zooming in on her to show everyone that she was having a really good time yeah, so that's all there really is to say about the Grammys about this the year. About the Grammys. <laughs> Do you have anything on your radar? Um, 
you already know this, but I'm fucking obsessed with Celebrity Treasure Island. Did yes. I say this last week? I don't know, but we've been saying it in real life, which yeah. is good from us. Uh friend or our workmate Jane Yee is on this she's our mom yeah she's on this season of the New Zealand celebrity treasure island um and it's so fun watching her on screen and then it made me want to go back to past seasons and I've just been binge watching it and I haven't had something to binge watch in a really long time so I'm just loving it I love that you love love it it because I really struggle to watch tv um, so it's just fun to have something super low stakes. And based on that, I'm watching Love Island and I have been seeing all your emails asking for Liv and I's roundups on Love Island. Aww. And unfortunately, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but we've been recording a lot of podcasts lately and we just don't have it in us to no. record a whole and season. I would leave halfway through the season, which would be sad, would have to get Ruby back on oh, mic, maybe. And we would love that. We would love Everyone that. Everyone is screaming for Ruby to come back, but it's so fair. So fair. Um, but I will say this new fucking season of Love Island is so good. So when you're done, like when you have time, if you need something else to binge, I think seriously. I will. I, I got like a decent, maybe like a week through. Yeah. So I know some of the characters and I was enjoying it. I think Celebrity Treasure Island has just taken my attention. I love that. Also, we have a new Caroline Polachek album coming out this week and she's like, like probably up there, if not my favourite artist of all time, just music wise. And I love that for you. Don't you dare compare her to Kate Bush, everyone. (laughs) No, (laughs) Kate Bush comparisons over here. And I'm just really excited for that. And also the Charlie XCX and George Daniel remix of Welcome to My Island is really good. So love just a little bit of 1975 lore. George Daniel is the producer and drummer from the 1975. And he dates Charlie XCX. And they've teamed up and done a remix to a Caroline Polachek song. So naturally it's just like the trio of gods. Yeah, (laughs) I'm in heaven. (laughs) Anyway, team, we will see you next week for Schmivy's last ever culture vulture. How fucked is that? I wonder how many episodes we've done of this. Probably over 100. Mm, 69. No, 69 in... Season two. Season two. So, so I could be up there. <laughs> well, maybe I just wanted to say 69. Yeah, I, I saw that today, though. <laughs> yeah. I had a little giggle to myself. Yeah, I, oh, we actually are immature. Oh. Anyway, team, huge thank you to Sam for producing this. Hopefully we sound really good because that's on him. And Shmivy, see you again next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye. 